Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast. I'm sure a lot of you are joining us for the first time, so a quick introduction here. Uh, we are a Commander podcast, and joined with me each time for these podcasts is the Commander Clash crew. It's a group that we play with together, Commander, every single week, every single Friday, which you can find on this channel. So, uh, the crew is me and Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. Hello, Seth. Hello, Tomer. Glad to be here. Excited to talk new magic cards. Yes, indeed. And next we've got Richard. Thank you for joining, Richard. Hello, Tomer. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, doing well. And finally, we've got Krim. How you doing, Krim? Yo, what's up, Tomer? Strixhaven. It's the set I've been waiting for. Yup. And so this is the Commander Clash crew. We meet bi-weekly uh, on just any sort of commander-related topic, and we talk about it for about an hour or so. And today, for this podcast, we have something super special. We are honored to present a full commander precon that was gifted to us to preview for free by Wizards of the Coast. So thank you so much for Wizards of the Coast for this opportunity. This is super awesome to get this exclusive preview of a full commander precon. So our deck is going to be Quantum Quandrix. This is a Simic precon that showcases the Strixhaven College of Quandrix from the set. So it's all about blue and green together in this weird college. It's all about like math and sciences and it's very cool. And we get to see an entire pre-constructed deck based on this sort of theme. Um, so the deck is primarily a token deck. That is the primary purpose of the deck. It is a deck that is all about creating tokens and then supporting tokens in various ways, either by uh, drawing cards off tokens, creating copies of tokens, ramping with tokens, all that and more you can find in this deck. And it also has a strong plus one plus one counter sub theme that uh, just basically is there to enhance your token strategy. So you make a bunch of tokens, then you enhance them with plus one plus one counters, and you win primarily with combat damage. So once you have your token army, you put counters on them to make them into lethal threats, and then you just smack face and win the game off that. So uh, just a quick numbers count. The token strategy, I counted 32 cards that either care about creating tokens or enhancing your token cards. And uh, for the plus one plus one counter th strategy, I found 19 cards that either deal with uh, counters or add counters to things. And there's a ton of overlap between the two themes as well. So if you're interested in any of these cool cards, this entire pre-con, well, good news, folks. Uh, it's coming out real soon on April 23rd. This is when the pre-con will be released. And if you want to support the show, you want to support this channel, the Commander YouTube channel that we have going on here, uh, you could buy these pre-constructed decks, Quantum Quandrix, and all the other ones over at our sponsor, CardKingdom.com. If you use the affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash mtggoldfish. You can support the show, buy all these sweet new pre-constructed decks, and uh, we'll be super thankful to go do that. Yay! Yeah, I'll keep that one. <laughs> Fantastic. 
All right, so you now know what the deck is all about. It's all about tokens, and it has a plus one, plus one counter sub-theme. So now, in this podcast, we're going to cover all the new cards. We're going to cover the best reprints that you can expect in the decks. And we're going to go over a little bit of a deep dive, make sure that all the ratios of this deck are looking good. So we want to make sure that it has the right amount of ramp, the right amount of card draw and everything like that. So we're going to go over the ratios a little bit later on. But first, let's talk about the sweet new cards from this set. So let's start off with Seth. Can you tell us about the face of the commander? Uh, yeah, so we have a new mythic legend, uh, the face card of the deck. It's Adrix and Nev Twincasters. So it is two a green and a blue for a legendary merfolk wizard. You get a 2-2. Two, two. It has a new mechanic on it called Ward, and this has Ward 2. And what Ward means is whenever this creature becomes a target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that player pays two and then if one or more tokens would be created under your control twice that many tokens are created instead so uh, ward kind of like frost titan i think that's where my mind went immediately we've seen this ability before on cards in the past but now it's keyworded uh, is ward so a way to protect your sweet legend and then the ability on adrix and niv it's kind of like half of doubling season, I would say. Uh, you get twice as many tokens or like literally an anointed procession, which we've seen be a really powerful ability. Like doubling season is kind of a staple of token decks and commanders. And now you can have this on your legend in the command zone. So you get it every game. And as Tomer mentioned in the intro, the deck's got a lot of token makers. Like that's the main theme of the set. So with 31, I think you said cards that make tokens, you're gonna have something to double the tokens of as the game goes along so i actually think this card is a really sweet legend both for the pre-con and i think it's gonna be pretty popular in commander in general because people just love their token double strategies in the in the commander format absolutely i mean this is essentially the effect is parallel lives in the command zone and it's four mana, and it's a creature. So the synergies there is, is absolutely fantastic. I also want to quickly mention that the ward mechanic is a new evergreen keyword that we're not just going to be seeing in Strixhaven, but we're going to be seeing it as a common thing going forward, perhaps as like a slightly nerfed version of Hexproof. Maybe we're going to be seeing less Hexproof and more ward in the future as well. But yes. <laughs> that is that is something that has been mentioned to us uh, by Wizards of the Coast is that ward is an evergreen keyword. So we're going to be seeing more of this uh, keyword in the future as well. So I want to point out that it is parallel lives, but the important thing is it's on a creature and you're in a blue deck, which means the potential for cloning uh, works. So you don't want to use a regular clone because then it'll just die. Uh, you want to use a clone that makes a non-legendary copy of a creature. Uh, so there are cards like maybe Helm of the Host, which isn't in the deck, but could be a sweet upgrade where you can just start making copies of Adrix and then, then your tokens just get out of control, right? They double and double again and double again and double again. So the fact that it's on a creature lets you copy and then you can get many, many, many parallel lives slash doubling season effects going. I mean, there's a famous uh, partner that's in blue, Sakashima, uh, that is going to be very happy with this. And because it's green, there's all these tutors that can get it as well, uh, yep. creature-based tutors. So very sweet card. All right, moving on. Richard, what is the second 
uh, legendary creature that we have here. All right. We have Dika Fractal Theorist. Four in a blue, five CMC, three, three, legendary creature, human wizard. And it comes with a new ability called Magecraft. When you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, create a zero, zero, green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is that spell's mana value. And Dika comes with an ability, three in a blue, target creature token can't be blocked this turn. So a lot of things to unpack here. We have a new fractal token. They're basically zero zeros, but they come with plus one plus one counters. In this case, uh, equal to the spell's mana value, which is the new word for converted mana cost. Uh, so you can cast spells and make tokens. And then you can give these tokens uh, the ability to not be blocked. Uh, so, and then of course you have your hordes of fractals, which we're going to see later in the deck, but there are a lot of cards that make fractals and also pump fractals. So, so Dika is kind of an engine and then also a finisher where you can just send your, uh, your little fractal tokens, like hit them with the math, hit them with the knowledge and finish them off. Smashing in with math and science. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm sad though. I don't see a fractal anywhere. I, I actually want to see the fractal token. Is it oh. actually a fractal, like, or is it just like some random, like, crystalline shards? Like, I, like, I think it's probably crystalline shards. They, they gotta, so, they gotta hit them with the actual editing, math. <laughs> with magic of editing. You can see the fractal token. Boom! Right there, maybe, hopefully. We, we should get Krim to draw a fractal token. Uh, no, so, yeah. no. I think that would be no. it. Like if we don't have, if we don't find a fractal token uh, image, like an official one, you're just gonna be seeing uh, a Krim image there. I think that is that is go ahead. No. Well, also to note, fractal, brand new creature type that we haven't seen before Strixhaven, and Magecraft is the new keyword with the Strixhaven set. So you might have seen Magecraft already pop up on previous uh, previews if you've been keeping up with them but this is a new keyword that we're seeing in Strixhaven and you're going to be seeing it across all the colors across all the colleges um, and here we see it on, on a blue card so that's also very sweet yeah I, it's usually something that rewards you for casting a spell or doing something so Casting I, or copying an instant yep. or sorcery spell. That is a trigger. It's kind of like landfall, where it happens whenever uh, a land enters the battlefield, you get a specific effect that's for the individual card. Magecraft is the exact same thing, where it's whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you get some sort of effect, but that effect is based on the individual card. So in this case, uh, you get a fractal token equal to its mana value of that spell, which is really... Really cool for this deck because all about fractals here, folks. I I will say I feel like this card's a little bit weak in the context of the precon itself, just because it's not a super spell heavy deck. When I see this card, I think of like metallurgic summonings, Talrand, spell slinger style cards where you normally overload your deck with like as many spells as possible and try to like kind of go off with these cards. But looking at the precon itself. It's got some spells, but I definitely wouldn't consider it a spell slinger deck. So I'm kind of wondering how good it'll be if you just like pull out your precon and play it. Maybe it'll be a little inconsistent, although it does fit the theme of the deck with the fractal synergies. Yeah, it, it could potentially be a type of card that you may want to slot into other decks as well. And it might be even better 
often a deck that is more focused on instants or sorceries, either as part of the 99, like a tolerant effect, or even as a commander. So that that's exciting in its own regard. Yeah, in this in this one, not it's not super loaded, overloaded in instants or sorceries. So you'll still get value out of it. And also that activated ability is really going to be really powerful in this deck, especially because it's all about tokens. Um, so it is a way to get in damage, but the Magecraft ability probably is going to be more suitable elsewhere. All right, and then finally, we have another card showcasing another new keyword, Krim. Let us know about it. This card is called Replication Technique, and the uh, it's five mana, it's four and a blue, it's a sorcery, and it has the new mechanic, uh, Demonstrate. When you cast this spell, you may copy it. If you do choose an opponent to also copy it, players may choose new targets for their copies. And then uh, the card itself just creates a token that's a copy of target permanent you control. So this is going to, once again, add into the, the whole, like, duplicating all your tokens and all your spells and stuff. So I, I'm very excited to see a card like this because I love my cloning uh, in, like, my Sakashima decks and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, well, a political as aspect to it, too, right? Yep. The Demonstrate um, doesn't give you any additional benefit directly, right? Um, you, don't get, you don't get to uh, control the copy your opponents get to get a, a copy of it instead. So while it sounds like it's all downside, uh, in a multiplayer format like Commander, you can use this as a political tool, right? You right. might have a, you might have a shared threat at the table, a shared arch enemy at the table, and you want to help um, a, a mutual opponent, a mutual ally in this case, uh, to deal with that threat. Maybe they have an answer or an, or something in a creature form. Maybe they have like an eternal witness on the battlefield and they have a removal spell in their graveyard and you need to remove some uh, problematic creature on the battlefield. You could be like, hey, you know, maybe I'll, I'll let you get a copy of this and you can copy your eternal witness and you can get rid of our mutual threat together. So we can work together uh, as a, a little political tool here or like to ingratiate yeah. yourself and be like, hey, don't attack me. I'll give you I'll give you a free token of whatever you want to copy. So that's really <laughs> sick. I, I love political yeah. cards like this. The and cards like this are always a blast in commander that and like either that or like ones that the whole table can get in on. So uh, like lethal vapors and things like that. So I, I think this demonstrate ability is going to be a lot of fun for uh, politics. And I like that you have control over it. It's a May ability, yeah. so you don't have to do it. Like, if things are going to go really poorly, you can just uh, copy something for five mana, which isn't that bad. Plus, it's any permanent. And I really like that this has been a way Wizards has kind of moved ramp into blue in a sneaky way that I don't think people have caught up to yet. But being able to just copy your lands, copying two lands, that's kind of like an hour of promise or something. Like, that's a fairly legitimate ramp spell that you can take advantage of in a mono blue deck, which is cool. It works very well with the main commander as well. It's whenever you yep. create one or more tokens, you make double that. So you cast uh, Replication Technique with your main commander on the battlefield. You're it's not just on making curve. one token. You make two tokens. Yeah, on curve. Turn four Adrix, turn, turn five Replication Technique. That could be pretty, yeah. pretty darn uh, powerful as well. All right, moving on. We have another legendary creature that is Simic, brand new. Uh, from the precons is Essex Fractal Bloom. This is a six mana four four legendary creature fractal. So this is a, there you go. You get to see you get to see the fractals here. Mm -hmm. um, it's a blue and a green, so it's simic colors. Uh, this creature has flying, 
And the first time you would create one or more tokens during each of your turns, you may instead choose a creature other than Essex and create that many tokens that are copies of that creature, which can actually be very wild in in the context of this particular deck. The thing I'm most excited about with this card is uh, the way it's worded, it's like Mystic Reflection, another new card we've seen, where it says if you would make one or more tokens, so I think the most explosive thing you do with this card in the deck is like uh, you play your Hornet Queen, and then that's going to make four... 1-1 one, one tokens, you can choose a Hornet Queen, or maybe you have a Trastodon or some other big thing. All yep. four of those tokens will come in as copies of it. If you just choose a Hornet Queen, that means you're going to get five Hornet Queens, and then you're going to get 16 1-1 one, one Flyers. That's a ridiculous amount of value, and there's some other cards in the deck that can pull off a similar shenanigan, so I think it's actually a really, really powerful uh, effect in the deck. Yeah, absolutely. Turning turning your random tokens into a specific biggest threat, the best value thing it could be on the battlefield at any given time can be absolutely ridiculous. All right, moving on, we have a card that is available to us also on the main set, in the Strixhaven main sets. You could open up in the set boosters and whatnot. This is Zimone Quandrix Prodigy. Let us know about it, uh, Seth. So Zimone is a two drop. You pay a green and a blue. You get a one, two legendary human wizard. You can pay one, tap it, put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, or you can pay four and tap it and draw a card. Or if you have eight or more lands, draw two cards instead. So yeah, I guess like a fine like pseudo ramp card slash late game card advantage. I think the main thing I like about this card is in the early game, you want ramp, and this can kind of ramp you. You do got to have lands in hand, but then in the late game, ramp isn't very good. But what is good in the late game is drawing cards, because that's when you're trying to find your finishers, your combo pieces. So even though it's a two-drop, it's got a lot of utility, both in the early game and in the late game. Awesome. And also, it is a legendary creature. So what what would you think about uh, potentially putting Zimone in the command zone of this deck, as opposed to... Uh, I see the, the shake of the head. <laughs> I I love drawing cards, but I don't feel ugh, I don't feel like it's especially synergistic with either the token plan or with the plus one plus one counter plan. So I think it's a, a fine card and it does cool things, but I don't think it really synergizes with the rest of the deck very uh, very well. Right. Yeah, I I have I have a good test here to whether or not you belong to Quandrix. Krim, can you read the flavor text? What are they complaining about? It's not like axiomatic leyline paratrigonometric trigonometric. Okay, <laughs> paratrigonometric <laughs> is hard. <laughs> oh, he was doing so well. I thought he was gonna get it. <laughs> I know. I, that was better than that was that was better than what I was gonna be. I was already looking at axia, and my my brain was already melting. Like, <laughs> put me on the spot with that. What about paratrigonometrics? Right? No one, okay, no one that, even that's me right. For some reason, the professor would be disappointed. Chris. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, uh, math. <laughs> <laughs> Worst quadric page ever. <laughs> math. Why? <laughs> All right, moving on. Next card, also brand new in the Commander Precons. Uh, Fractal Harness. Tell us about it, Richard. All right, Fractal Harness. It's a new equipment. X, two, and a green. 
when Fractal Harness enters the battlefield, create a 0-0 green or blue Fractal creature token, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, and attach Fractal Harness to it. Whatever equipped creature attacks, double the number of plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Equip 2. So it's like a Hydra, but then you can just move it around, right? So you you get an X creature. When you attack, it doubles. Uh, but if you already have an existing creature with plus one plus one counters, you can just put the fractal harness on that thing, attack, and double the plus one plus one counters as well. So uh, really, really cool. I don't know what this art is. Where's the harness? <laughs> it's right there. It's on the it's, 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 it's on the fractal. It's, it's like a, it's around the neck? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, it's got like a harness around its its head. Uh, to me, I, I, I see him wearing some sweet dog. headphones. Beats <laughs> by Dre. <laughs> Sponsored <laughs> next crossover IP. <laughs> Universe of Beyond beats. <laughs> yeah, this this card looks awesome, and this kind of this kind of is one of the main support cards for this this smaller uh, plus one plus one counter sub theme. So as you can see, the the deck is primarily about tokens. But the primary tokens they make are fractals, and these are zero zeros that have plus one plus one counters on them. So they're inherently going to have a lot of counters on them. Fractal Harness, in the context of this deck, is going to just double the counters of your fractals, which is already amazing. But not just not just the fractals. There are going to be other cards we're going to be covering later on that also just inherently get a lot of plus one plus one counters on them. Uh, one I'm just going to mention right now is Mana Gorge or Hydra popping up on the screen. I'm very stoked to put the harness on that because the Hydra gets big fast. So I, I think this card is going to be very sweet. And because it's equipment, if the creature dies, whatever. You just play another creature that has lots of counters on it. You equip it on there. You always have that constant threat of just doubling all the time. And it's only two to equip too, so it's actually a pretty a pretty competitive equip cost. And I think this is a card that makes Dika a little bit more exciting for me. Like the big token theme, making some, a huge fractal that's doubling its power every turn, unblockable. That's going to close out games really quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on. We got another spicy one: Sequence Engine. Let's know about it, Krim. Alrighty, so Secret Engines is a two and a green. It's an artifact. X and tap it. Exile target creature card with mana value X from a graveyard. A graveyard, by the way. Create a zero zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X one one counters on it. Activate only as a sorcery. So you're able to now recycle your creatures that have fallen, right? You could get a little more value out of them. And then also you could eat other creatures from uh, other graveyards. Thor gives yes. his approval. Yes. <laughs> Thor's like, this is the card. <laughs> My dog is right next to me, and he's like, throw the burrito. I got him a stuffed burrito. So. <laughs> I, I really wish it was instant speed. I, I, think, I think being sorcery speed, it's still a good way to make big creatures, but it makes it a lot weaker as a like graveyard hate spell, I think. Yes. I think if you think yeah. of this as graveyard hate, it's pretty weak. But if you think of it as a way to make huge fractals, then it's actually pretty powerful in it, that role. It's still not bad, though, right? Because, I mean, like let's say like they don't have the spell yet. We can eat something from the graveyard, and it gives you more creatures after, let's say, you lose your creatures to a board wipe. And I think that's pretty sweet. It, it works in, in like quite nicely with the rest of the deck. Just... It, yeah, yeah. I think it does work well with the rest of the deck, and I think it is a good card. Just don't 
think like, oh, this is my graveyard hate spell. So yeah, yeah. Play other yeah. graveyard hate because you're gonna don't be need anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will also point out though, uh, one of the recurring trends with uh, Commander preconstructed decks of Wizards of the Coast uh, releases is they have a complete absence of graveyard hate. Usually zero, like zero cards that can deal with interact with your opponents graveyards so i even even if it's not the best graveyard hate in terms of like its primary purpose is to make tokens i'm actually really happy to see at least one piece of graveyard hate in this deck kudos to wizards for for hey. adding that there because I, I feel like graveyards graveyard strategies are like one of the most popular archetypes in commander the format and also basically every, every deck yeah. yeah, every every deck also has amount of graveyard recursion. So just like you want like enchant removal, creature removal, artifact removal, you still want graveyard removal. So I'll take what I can get here. Like I think every single pre-constructed deck should have at least one graveyard hate card. And this one, while not the most efficient version of it, is still a very sweet card regardless for its other purposes. And it can double up as, as it, which is, I, I like it. All right, next up, we got Paradox Zone, which is a new enchantment that makes some fractals. So this is a four mana green, or sorry, five mana green enchantment that says when Paradox Zone enters the battlefield, or sorry, Paradox Zone enters the battlefield with a growth counter on it. At the beginning of your end step, double the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone, then create a 0, zero green and blue fractal creature token, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, where X is the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone. So it enters the battlefield with just one growth counter on it, then at, the, at your end step, you get another one of them, so you now have two growth counters, unless you added it any other counters on it any other way, like proliferate. proliferate. Uh, and then you get like a 2-2 two, two, at the very least, a 2-2 two, two, uh, fractal creature token. Um, not bad. And then and then uh, every single subsequent end step, you get a double that over and over again. Um, I think this is pretty, pretty solid um, kind of having a sort of like assemble the legion sort of vibe where you get this recurring threat every single turn it's on your end step instead of waiting until your upkeep so you get an immediate right. value on your turn you start with a 2-2 which is kind of small for five mana but next turn you get now a 4-4 and then you get an 8-8 and so on and so forth plus it also just works really well with any other way of adding counters onto it i don't think this deck has any ways of adding additional growth counters to Paradox Zone. But if you do want to add stuff like proliferate cards, like Evolution Sage, it will work really, really well with Paradox Zone. And I think by itself, it it really fits the theme. And I think it's already a good card by itself. Yeah, and like, like cards like that, or like Karn's Bastion, I think are just really solid for this deck. And I think this card is absolutely... Uh, super sweet with the rest of that because it's able to just continuously put something on the board with a one-one counter. That's that's amazing. Like that that's a lot better than it it, it reads. I I think for at least with the rest of the deck. I I feel like it's very slow. Uh, it has to sit out for a few turns to power up. But I really like how it interacts with some of the legends like Andrix and Nev. If you're getting two of those tokens each turn rather than one then even the first turn when you're getting four power and then the second turn you're getting eight power it gets much scarier and uh if you have essex you can start making copies of whatever the best thing on the battlefield is every turn so even though i think it's a little slow as a standalone card it's got enough synergy in the deck that i think it's pretty exciting yeah and i think an obvious upgrade people would put in the deck if they own one is a doubling season right and this 
works wonders with it. You double the counters and you get double the tokens. And then those tokens get double the counters, right? So yeah. uh, you can just go off really quickly with this. All, all these fractal cards scream doubling season. You this get max just, value. This is doubling season dot deck. Yeah, it's seriously. Like. You get the double the to- yeah. counters, double the tokens. My goodness. Yeah, uh, this is going to be pretty sweet. All right, moving on. We got uh, a powerful removal-ish spell. Tell us about uh, Oversimplify, Seth. Oversimplify, this is one of my favorite cards from the entire deck. Three, a green, and a blue. For a sorcery, it exiles all creatures, and then each player makes a fractal, a zero-zero green and blue fractal creature token, and puts a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the total power of creatures they controlled that were exiled this way. So, on one hand, you're not really removing any power from the battlefield with this card. When you cast it, all the power is going to just kind of siphon into this one big fractal that everyone's going to have. On the other hand, it's a lot easier, I think, for a Simic deck like this Precon to interact with one big creature than it is a whole board full of going wide creatures. We have, like, Rapid Hybridization. We have Beast Within. So in theory, if someone makes a really big fractal, you have ways to answer that. And it gets around, like, indestructibility. It gets around a, a lot of hard-to-interact-with threats in Commander. And Simic's not very good at wrathing the board. There's not many, like, quote-unquote hard wraths in Simic. And I think this is actually a pretty strong card this has to be like the best card like in the deck for me like oh man like that like civic now can exile so that's so wild like a whole board oh i think this is a big upgrade to like a curse of swine which is like the go-to mass creature exile in like blue or simic oversimplify here also just works so well in the context of this deck too not only are you clearing the threat of all these things uh and and just leaving them with a single creature yourself included um with a single creature that you can interact with much easier like seth said um but it's also a token and it also has uh plus one plus one counters on it so basically the creature that you're left with is going to be so much better than the creatures your opponents are left with just because of inherent synergies when you like then play dika or whatever now you can make your creature unblockable or whatever and we're going to see a lot of other cards that can pump up this fractal creature token that we just made for ourselves uh, perhaps all right moving on we got a new artifact geometric nexus tell us about it richard all right Geometric Nexus are Castle in the Sky. Uh, two, its mana value is two. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, put a number of charge counters on Geometric Nexus equal to that spell's mana value. Pay six mana and tap it. Remove all charge counters from Geometric Nexus. Create a fractal creature. Put X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of charge counters removed this way. So another card to help you with your spell slinger strategy. Uh, ideally, you would play this and then play a bunch of spells, make a giant fractal. Uh, like Seth mentioned, there aren't too many spells in the deck, right? So it's up to you to, I guess, well, add more spells to kind of a supplement cast. this. It does trigger on your opponent's spells. That is too, true. Which makes it a little better. That is true. But I, I do think you do want to be slinging the spells yourself because what if your opponent's just playing creatures, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that, that is an interesting thing, that it actually counts your opponent's creatures, too. So not only sh- you should be casting, obviously, to get maximum value out of it, you want 
a deck that has lots of instant sorcerers in it, but it will still just get a little bit better too because it does count your opponents. Which is kind you, of you want to pair up when your opponent's playing Niv Mizzet, and you're like, okay, cool, <laughs> geometric nexus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is nice you can do it at instant speed. So if you get a ton of counters, you can wait until right before your turn and make the huge token and then kind of get around summoning sickness and attack with it right away. Yeah. And it's charge counters. I know, Seth, you love charge counters. So <laughs> there, there are synergies out there to add more charge counters. Although, yeah. it's honestly, the way this is worded, you're probably better off just like playing another brainstorm and having that yeah. <laughs> add the counter. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah, and all also right. remember, all of these things are doubled with your commander, right? So like six, six mana for like a 6-6 six, six is not especially exciting. But if your commander's out, that's... Two six sixes, which is very exciting. So I think, and I think it's going to be way bigger than six sixes. Like if you have this sit out a couple of turns, I think you're making twenty twenties or forty forties or something in some games. Yeah, it's important to to know, and I I think that's that's actually uh, a good thing. Like many of these cards that we've we've been talking about so far are not like inherently busted all by themselves. It's all about building around them. So all of like these fractal creatures may not look as interesting by themselves, but remember like we can take advantage of the fact that they're tokens. We can take advantage of the fact that they're counters. And when you take advantage of both, that's when they become really, really good. And I think that's good design. Like you don't want cards that are just like, oh, this card is busted. This card is busted. This card is busted. And I'll just put it in a good stuff deck. Like, no, no, no. These cards are all like good, but you have to you have to work to get them to be good, which I think is a nice spot to be in. <laughs> but then we have a card that uh, uh, is a little bit easier to get to, to get good value out of. Uh, Krim, tell us about <laughs> theoretical duplication. <laughs> theoretical duplication is two and a blue. It's an instant spell. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control this turn, create a token that's a copy of that creature. <laughs> that's exactly what I love. Uh, like, just this is just an e like a good card and easy to get like value out of. Uh, you can instantly copy your opponent's best creature. So, and and if you're creating that token, you've got your commander out. You can make two copies of that. And you know, let's say you've added a doubling season. The, the fun just never ends. Let, let's, <laughs> this is exactly the kind of card I, I love too. And it's instant speed. A spell. Yeah. This has to be like another spell. Like we've seen like. A few instants in sorcery so far, but this kind of helps with the spell slinger. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it definitely does. I, this is like one of my favorite cards of the yeah. entire pre-con. Like, and just the like, like by itself, I think it's just like a really strong card. It's like essentially like a three mana clone effect uh, that you can cast at instant speed. And obviously you have to wait until your opponents cast a creature that you want to copy of it. And you have to have the mana up. So there are some hoops you have to jump through. But three mana, make a copy of a creature that's entering the battlefield. That's already good. And it's a token. So, again, we have so many token synergies. Uh, it really, it's like a, such a great launching pad where it's good already by itself, I think. And then it becomes amazing in our deck. The flavor text is also perfect. You made it asymmetrical just to annoy me, didn't you? It, it, it makes no sense. It's symmetrical. <laughs> you both get the creature. But the, the dream scenario is your opponent uh, casts like Rise of the Dark Realms or something. Like some spell that gives them uh, a lot, a lot of creatures that are non-tokens. And then you just get them all. You get a copy of all of them. Even discounting the dream scenario, though, like... 
I think it should be pretty easy to turn this into like a, a ramp spell, quote unquote, where you're getting a six or eight mana creature for three mana at instant speed. So living the dream sounds really sweet, but I don't think you have to live the dream to make this card worth it yeah. in this deck. Seth, I advocate for like living the dream. Death or <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has a mastery animation spell and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I'll get a copy of all of them then. In response is, to Living Death or like Rise of the Dark Realms, yep. boom, theoretical duplication. Three mana is matches. Is this a it. graveyard hate spell? <laughs> <laughs> it's more like group group hug with graveyards. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, we got Curiosity Crafter. Oof. This is a card that, that speaks to me on a primal level. Uh, this is a four mana blue wizard creature. Three, three with flying has two effects on it, two abilities. Uh, you have no maximum hand size, which is great if you want if you're drawing cards, right? You need to hold on to them, or else uh, what's the point? And then the second part, the juicy part, is whenever a creature token you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So in a deck full of tokens, in a lot of ways of giving them evasion. Uh, this is going to be drawing a lot of cards. This is essentially the token support version of like coastal piracy on a mm -hmm. creature. And not only that, but it comes with a reliquary tower effect. You have no maximum hand size. So you draw a billion cards and then you get to keep them forever. You never have to discard down to hand size. Oh, wow. Beautiful. And it's a 3 3 flyer. So it's great. This is what Token Toski. It's Token It's a wizard. It's a bird wizard. It's fantastic. <laughs> More birds. More Richard. birds. I love it. I, love I, it. I, I was going to say, Clondrix has a lot of birds slash owls, and we haven't seen them actually have the bird type until Curiosity Crafter here. So, <laughs> Well, also, the, the headmaster, or the dean of Quandrix, is, he was, it was shown in uh, the previous card, Theoretical Duplication. That's the, the owl dean. So Strixhaven oh. has a lot of owls, the home of owls. Um, anyway, so this card... Very sweet. I think I think it's very straightforward, though. It's like very good card. Uh, next up, we got um, an, a weird bounce spell. Seth, tell us about it. Ah, perplexing test. So three blue, blue, instant speed. Choose one. Return all creature tokens to their owner's hand or return all non-token creatures to their owner's hand. So basically evacuation with a lot of upside if you were in a token deck because you can kind of turn it into cyclonic rift like if all of your well cyclonic rift for creatures but if all of your creatures are tokens and theoretically your opponents playing non-token creatures they got to pick up all their stuff you get to keep your stuff so i would say worse than evacuation in a generic deck but in a deck that has tokens way better than evacuation which oh, is yeah. uh, what our precon is so and it's nice to be able to, like, reoccur some enter-the-battlefield effects that you're going to have from your, your own, like, because if you bounce all non-token, let's say you get an Eternal Witness back, you do it again. Or you get to cast Desolation Twin again and get another 10-10 or something. Yeah. Yeah, and bouncing your tokens is the last thing you want to do because yeah. once they're bounced, they're, they're gone. So this, is, this looks fantastic. All right, moving on. We got a big Peter. Uh, Richard, tell <laughs> us about it. <laughs> All right, release the Kraken. We have spawning Kraken, five and a blue, six, six. It's a Kraken. Uh, whenever a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent you control deals combat damage to a player, create a nine, nine Kraken creature token. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we were like oh what's what's the point of dika i don't know what the point of dika is yeah. uh here you go <laughs> right make, <laughs> make, make some krakens right you thought i was a fractal deck turns out i'm a kraken deck right uh so a lot of tokens especially uh if you have your commander out that's 18 power of tokens uh, and of course, we've seen this in recent cards. It supports like the sea monster tribe, like Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, Serpents. They're all looped, uh, grouped together. This so, is so sick. <laughs> yeah. And, this card is so sick. Insane. It's, well, it's a six mana six. It's not too bad, right? It doesn't have any yeah. weird conditions. So I like it. It's a little weird in this deck, though, because we just like you don't really have Krakens, Leviathans, Octopuses, or Serpents. So it's you will like... after you connect with it. Yeah. It's yeah. Also... It's. A little yeah. weird that you gotta. Isn't there a dragon that has the same ability for dragons? Except yeah. when you attack, you don't actually have to hit anyone with it. With so Bar I Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I like the card, but for me, this feels like a card that I honestly would probably like cut from the deck and play in my like What? Because there's not support. Yeah. There's not support for it. There, there's like, so much it synergy. Makes a nine nine yeah. Kraken. You, you can, can copy clone it. This. You clone this, and then you have you, another one. You just keep going. You swing to the commander bunch makes two nine nine krakens every time, and then you when you to... attack with the krakens, they make more. Well, when you and the kraken jokes damage someone, yeah, you actually have to crack kraken with a lot the of kraken jokes. to get the. But you're you're the in the color of blue, which is very good at making things unblockable, right? Uh, yes. Or you can give it flying with other cards as well to give it some <laughs> evasion. Uh, this is a blue six six for six that make nine nine creature tokens. I I think that that alone nine nine creature tokens that then themselves make more of them when they connect. Mm. Oof. Mm. I don't know. Okay. I I, okay. I I think I think this is this is spice. This the, is a the, good way to win games. This is a card you're gonna clone and then you connect with multiple of them and then you make multiple nine. Yeah, like, like and then, the card we saw that makes whenever you make a token, you make it a copy of another token. Yeah. Like you copy Spot and Crack and have like five of them hit someone. Four yeah. and then each one will make so if you have like a bunch of spawning yeah. Krakens, each one will make their own copy thing. So if you have like four of them and then you hit with like four Krakens. Then it's like what, like sixteen krakens or something? Yeah, like that. you just like, actually become Aquaman. Yeah. Like you, you, be, you run the, the, ocean. the value town. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like better. It's obviously better in a sea monster tribal deck that's all about krakens, leviathans, and octopuses. I think I think here though it's gonna be super fun. I'm super excited. Uh, next up, we got Guardian Augmenter. Okay, so Guardian Augmenter is two and a green. It's a troll wizard with flash. Commander creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and commanders you control have hexproof. This is awesome. I, I think this is just another way to be very disruptive, uh, protect your creatures while also pumping, or your commander specifically, while pumping your commander if it is a creature. So very simple, just basic flash card, and it stays it's not like it enters the battlefield and it only happens for one turn uh you get the hex proof it just stays this card is awesome and perfect for like keeping any like i, I love it because you can also protect your simic planeswalker commander if you have a simic planeswalker commander but just protection for your commander is always nice and simic mm -hmm. so it doesn't do anything with tokens or counters right no. but in general like our commander is, it's like is a counter, insane. Though. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like a counter, See? essentially. It's protection for 
our, our commander is insane. We won on the battlefield, and people will yeah. try to use target removal against it. This is a way to just stop that. Even in, in response to target removal, you can get eight target removal, like a source of plowshares, out of your opponent's hands. They Which wasted you'll pay it. two more for. Yeah. It's They'll have to pay two more for it, and then, and then get the oh, no. <laughs> that, is, that is an insult to in injury right there. That is... Really rubbing it in. I like that little little synergy. Yeah. We're gonna go with your commanders protected with like a shield of math. <laughs> it's just math around him. You finally unlocked the formula for the perfect punch. I love it. Wizards All right. has made a lot of these creatures that like give your commander a slight benefit, and I think this is the best they've made. Like I think the the protection of hexproof in general. I haven't really thought those cards were that powerful, but this one seems really powerful. Yeah, flash three mana on a creature, just really good stuff. All right, moving on. We got Ruxa, Patient, <laughs> Professor, the Bear Druid, Wizard, <laughs> Professor, which I, that's already like top marks for um, coming up with this concept in general. It's a four mana, four, four, legendary creature, Bear Druid. Uh, whenever Ruxa enters the battlefield or attacks, return target creature card with no abilities from your graveyard to your hands. Uh, so you have some graveyard recursion whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks. Um, and creatures you control with no abilities get plus one, plus one. You may have creatures you control with no abilities assign their combat damage as though they weren't blocked. Um, so <laughs> in the context of this deck, uh, I don't know how many even. I don't know how many vanilla creatures we have in the deck. I believe zero. I was just trying I, to count. Wait, I, are, yeah, are fractals really zero? No abilities. Fractals, yes. That the main but, thing is a two, the second and third abilities. So the recursion, we're probably not going to get a lot of value out of. You have to have a very specific deck for, for that to work. Uh, most decks will not have that. You but mean a the bunch second of and third creatures in control with no abilities. So all your fractals in the deck get plus one, plus one, and uh, they, they can all assign their combat damage as though they weren't blocked. And we already covered cards that wants to deal combat damage to players, either to make krakens. Um, well, sorry, not. Uh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with no capabilities, the, the Kraken tokens. The yeah, Kraken correct. tokens can get in for damage. Boom. To make more Krakens. And then all our fractals can get in there so we can draw cards off the Bird Wizard. So it's like amazing, I think. Like the first ability. <laughs> We can't really use here. I think this is like a build around type thing. Like you, you build like a bear tribal, like bear force one. You put Ruxa in the command zone and then boom, your bears are better, I guess. But the second <laughs> and third ability we can really use in this pre-con. And I think I think it's well worth it there. It's already a four mana four four by itself. So I think it's it's quite good. I, I just everything about this card is perfect. It's just a funny <laughs> card. The flavor, like everything about it is just funny. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is great. All right, moving on. We still got more cards to go through. Seth, tell us about tell us about this card. Uh, command what do you think about this card, Seth? <laughs> Commander, Commander's Insight. X and triple blue. Instant speed. Target player draws X cards plus an additional card for each time they've cast a commander from the command zone this game. So it is Blue Sun Zenith with... The downside of not shuffling back into your deck, but the upside that if you're the kind of person who casts your commander, uh, you might draw some extra cards. So for me, it is strictly worse Blue Sun Zenith. For other people, <laughs> it, it could even be better. 
It could be better. I think in like a generic, like in your typical commander decks, this is going to just be better. Like people generally yes. cast their commanders. We want to cast our commander too. This particular deck wants their commander on the battlefield because you want to double your tokens, right? So commander's insight's already drawing an extra card there, and uh, yeah. And your commander probably will die. It <laughs> so, will die. Yeah. You will want to cast it again because it's good enough to cast again. Yeah. Wizard saw good. my plan of there's there's a clause here that your commander has to come from the command zone. Because uh, I was just going to Rogak, Cloudstone, Curio, and like cast it <laughs> infinite times and then just Commander Insight you to death. But Wizard saw through my plan. You have to cast from the command zone, uh, which means at most you probably get like two or three extra cards, right? Probably that's a reasonable number you get off of Commander's Insight from your Commander Clause. Or maybe a little more if you play Partners. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic partner, in Partners. Partner. But yeah. I, I could see this card being like a generic, a generic card that's... Maybe not a staple in all blue decks, but a card that you would reach for very often going forward in future decks. Like I, I will run this a lot. I'm gonna tell you straight up. Like I, if I, yeah. Is it really better than Blue Sun Zenith? I, we might yes. get derailed here you talking about it for a half hour. Said that it's yeah. better. <laughs> but Blue Sun Zenith <laughs> shuffles back in. I, so I you think can the cast shuffle it and yeah. then find it and cast it and uh, then target your opponent. I actually think it's worse than Blue Sun Zenith, but I still think it's a good card advantage. Uh, I think if like you're looking to end games instead of loop card draw endlessly, this card is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants I don't to end think... the game, Tomer, when you can just draw more Blue Sun Zeniths? Uh. <laughs> and ending the game does mean you spend less time drawing cards. So I get it, but like <laughs> you put both in the deck and you use Commander's Insight to draw the blues on Zenith. Whoa! <laughs> I saw a from the old border uh, stream where we just had to watch Seth like draw ability cards. <laughs> Is that just the new Splinter Twin, Richard? Just the Commander's yeah. Insight and Blue Sunset. <laughs> you, you finish with the Sphinx's Rev. That's how you. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll throw my hat in that it's better than Blue Sun, but the, the jury is still out there. I still think this card is very sweet. All right, moving on. We got we got some cards that you're going to be seeing in the uh, Strixhaven set. So you can get them here in the pre-con, but you can also get them, open them up in the Strixhaven set proper. Um, let's start it off. Richard, what what we got here? We got an uncommon. All right, we have some support cards. We have Quandrix Cultivator 1, green, a hybrid Quandrix mana, uh, blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so four CFC. What are we calling this? Uh, is it Civic or is it Quandrix it's now? It's, no. it's Quandrix. But we're playing, we're playing Strixhaven. It has blue. to be Quandrix. Yeah. Eugene. You're ruining my immersion uh, if Eugene. you call it Civic. Eugene. It's, it's, it's an Ugg color, actually. Okay, so it's a creature. It's a turtle druid. Uh, when Quandrix Cultivator enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic forest or island, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Uh, it's a 3-4. Uh, of note, the, the land comes into play untapped. It doesn't have any clause about that. So a 4-mana 3-4, ramp yourself a forest or island out of your deck. It works. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like fine. a solemn kind of. So yeah, it's, it's like, decent. It's like a beefier wood elves i guess yeah i i i think the placement of the quandrix symbol is is very off-putting to me and i i I, I keep staring at it the ugg symbol you mean quandrix yeah (laughs) did they change the ordering or has it always been like this i don't remember normally they put the hybrid first right yeah it makes sense yeah it it makes sense right and even the green side is beside the green and the blue side is beside the blue i'm for this i'm on team ugg 
Quandrix. <laughs> my immersion. Same my immersion, same Tomer. Same Stop it. All right, all right. Moving on, moving on. We got another uh, card that we can find in the main set as well. Golden Ratio. Oh, yeah. So one bl- uh, green and blue. Draw a card for each different power among creatures you control. Also, look at that artwork. See that big Kraken, by the way, Seth? That's what's going to happen when <laughs> I connect with that. Ratio, <laughs> if, like if you connect. Yeah. If, if, you know what? It's, go, it's a goal now. It's a goal. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. Would you play this as a, as a card draw spell? Like, I mean, it seems fine. Like, yeah. it, it, it feels like, okay, of cards I would replace. I mean, the artwork is amazing, but like the card itself, I'd probably, I feel like there's a better draw spell like even a divination might just be better here the only thing i'd be say more is consistent that, yeah. in, the, in the kid uh in the context of this deck though fractals seem like it does allow you to make a lot of different powers worth of creatures so if there was it, ever it would, a deck yes. where golden ratio would be good it's gonna be it's gonna be this fractal deck really because i think that's gonna power it up more than a generic deck would yeah, like, if you have Dika on the battlefield, uh, Dika, you're just casting a bunch of instants or sorceries. They're all going to be different converted mana cost. And then when you cast Golden Ratio, you actually make uh, a 3-3, three, three, right? So if yeah. you have, you're already, you're already drawing one card off the 3-3. Three, three. You got Dika, which I think, I don't even He's remember. Three, three. He's also, also a 3-3? Three, three. Three. Oh, well, poo to that, I, but. I guess my thing is just, like, this card itself uh, it's just requires you to have something also, yeah. right? I, I want my draw spell to do something no matter my board state. That's true. At the very least, in the context of this deck, it makes a lot of creatures. Like, creatures is its thing. So, yeah. it's probably better here than, than most decks, but, yeah, it's not too exciting. If there is a home for it, yeah, this is, yeah. This is definitely it. All right, so we're wrapping up the, the new cards. Biomathematician. Uh, this is a three-mana 2-2 two, two, uh, creature human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, create a 0-0 zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put a plus one plus one counter on each fractal you control. So by itself, it's a 2-2 two, two that brings a 1-1 one, one on the battlefield. Not that exciting, uh, but this is a fractal deck. So we have a bunch of fractal creatures that we're going to have on the battlefield. Um, and if we have a bunch of them, then we get a, a good amount of value out of it. And then, you know, we had that one side of that board wipe, the token board wipe. We could, like, bounce Biomathematician and all our Enter the Battlefield creatures that we were just talking about. Um, not the Fractals, though, and then get more value out of it that way. I think this is okay. It's not, it's not crazy, but it has a lot of inherent synergy with the deck, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Eureka moment. Uh, Seth. Eureka moment. Two. Green. Blue. Probably better known as Simic. Uh, instant. <laughs> it's a Quadrix podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> My immersion. Stop. Draw, draw two cards and you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, biggest takeaway. Good Lord was Girl Spiral busted. <laughs> it, it did almost this for two less mana. I mean, it's a it's a fine card draw spell. It's kind two of, Girl Spirals, kind of. Kind well, of. Well, you yeah. only put one. You only get one ramp, though. Yeah. But. I mean, it draws cards. I like drawing cards. I don't think Instant it's like speed. Yeah, yeah. It ramps a little bit maybe if you got an extra land. So fine, fine value card that just kind of yeah. fills out the deck. I'd say doesn't yeah. require you to have anything either on the board. So nice. I mean, four lands, but like <laughs> outside yeah. of that, the, the flavor, the land. flavor text for anyone struggling with math because at first equations yeah. were simply numbers, but in those numbers I saw a story, and in the story I saw a pattern, and then it all fit together. 
So yeah, that's if, why I failed at math. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't see any stories. I forgot the story part. <laughs> Wait, is the story the Quandrix story? Because then I get it, right? Did Am you I say now? Quandrix? Uggs? Like the blue green? Well, I was gonna say Ugg. Well, the mana cost is Ugg, but the 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 college is called Quandrix. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Anyway, moving on. Two more cards. Uh, study hall. The uh, Richard. All right, Study Hall is a common land. You tap it to add one colorless mana, uh, one generic mana, and tap it. Add one mana of any color. When you spend this mana to cast your commander, scry X, where X is the number of times it's been cast from the command zone this game. This is a waste to me, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this problem. What? You get to scry. Well, no, scry, I never you get to scry a bunch. Yeah, but never when, is, when is Seth ever casting his commander, though? <laughs> I mean, it's a two color deck. You can run a colorless land that comes into play untapped and gives you extra value. I think it's good here. In the context of this pre con, it's good. Um, but yeah, is it is it crazy? Eh, it's fine. It's okay. It's extra value. It's fine. Yeah, I have extra mana. You get to scry a little bit when you recast your commander. Cool. Yeah. All right. Finally, we got Quandrix Campus. Krim. It enters the battlefield tapped, but you can tap it to add a green or a blue, or you can pay four mana to scry one. Now, this is a land I can get behind. This is a nice <laughs> land here. Uh, just being able to now, like, I mean, it, it could use the types, but sure, whatever. I'm just being picky at that point. I, like, no, no, like the ability to scry one for four just on a basic, like, two color land, I think is really sweet. This is just strictly better than a guild gate, uh, you know, better yeah. than all, all the other common cycles, maybe not outside of the snow, but like, yeah, that's about it. Would you yeah, play I mean, this over a game land? Is one yeah. life better or yes, four I mana tap this. scry one in the future? 100 pay, uh, play this. This, this I, is a, so much better. Yeah, I will say this is better too, but for probably a different reason. Because every single time I play a gain land and everybody starts the same life total, <laughs> guess who gets hit first? It's always <laughs> the person who has the highest life total, right? So the gain land is a trap. You play <laughs> the gain land. Played, <laughs> you shouldn't have played the cheaty land. Yeah. I think this is the best tap lands we've seen. Discounting land types, which right. if you're playing like fetch lands and all that, that kind of matters. But discounting land types, I think that P4 to scry one is the most powerful ability we've seen on like these random lower rarity tap lands at yeah. all period in all of Magic's history. I mean, also keep in mind these are commons, right? Like these are going to be in the in the regular set at a common. And they're just better than the the like is the Gilgates and stuff that we play regularly, right? Even yep, like the yeah. game lands. So, Seth, will you play Quandrix Campus over Simic Guildgate? Oh, yes. Easily. So, you admit the new the color is Quandrix. <laughs> <team Quandrix>. <laughs> <laughs> has always always has been. I know, Seth. I know. <laughs> That's not fair. I like to scry. Who's with the fur? False um, equivalency. <laughs> all right. So, we've covered... All the new cards that you're going to find in the pre-con and in the Strixhaven set in general. So just as a quick recap, there's 17 cards that are exclusive to these new Strixhaven pre-constructed commander decks. Six of these other cards are um, just going to be ones that you're going to also open up in the main set. And then the rest of this pre-constructed deck is reprints. There's 54 reprints in the deck. And just to quickly go over 
um, the, the the most notable ones. So we have a token uh, sub theme, obviously, and we have some really good token creators. We mentioned Hornet Queen a whole bunch because it is freaking amazing. You know, you get a 2-2 and then you put four tokens on the battlefield, flying in Death Touch in green. Awesome. Uh, Hydra Broodmaster is really good too. Um, and obviously, one of the, the best, I think the best token creator, token related spell in the entire deck is probably Rite of Replication. This card, even if you're not a token deck, it's like an enormous finisher. You can uh, pay four mana to make a token copy of any creature, but you can also kick it for uh, five additional mana, so nine total, to make five copies of any any creature as token. So not only is this like a, a staple in the commander format, but it's fantastic here. Um, and then we also have a, a much needed reprint with Azuri's Predation. Makes a bunch of tokens, it fights a bunch of things, it's kind of like a pseudo board wipe in green. Um, very popular, but we just haven't seen reprints of it. Um, so it was a $15 card, it's gonna drop down. Um, and and that's, that's also very exciting as well. And then for the counters uh, theme, we have some really big heavy hitters. Um, Mana Gorger Hydra, just a huge threat that I absolutely love. Master Biomancer, it's a great way to get a lot of counters on your stuff. Um, and big shout out to uh, a little froggy, froggy mutant, Plaxcaster Frogling, um, that gives target creature with plus one plus one counter Shroud until end of turn. So this is a great way to give all your fractal uh, tokens Shroud protected from targeted removal and, and whatnot as well. Um, so there's a lot of really great things here in the reprint section um, that is worth noting. And so that, that adds a lot of value to the deck as well. Just like good ways to finish out everything to round out the deck. All right. And now that we've covered all the new cards and the reprints, just a quick analysis, a quick rundown of the deck itself. How it plays, uh, how well built is it made? Um, generally speaking, when I'm looking or evaluating a deck or building my own deck, I like to use um, a little a commander checklist to make sure that the deck isn't missing any fundamental aspects of the deck. And uh, the, the sections that I have uh, is mana, um, lands and ramp, and usually I have a 50, 50 mana in, in the deck. 37 lands, 13 ramp is my go-to split. Uh, but this always changes based on the actual decks themselves, so it can, it can fluctuate. Um, but like that's what I'm generally looking for. Then I'm looking for 10 card draw, cards that net you two or more cards in hand. Eight targeted removal, split between creatures, artifacts, enchant removal, and counter magic. Three board wipes, though you might have one more uh, if you're a creature light, or you might want one less if you... Uh, have a lot of creatures. Uh, two graveyard recursion, two flexible tutors. Um, but you know, if you if you upgrade a bunch, then maybe add some more tutors for more consistency. Uh, one graveyard hate, and then at least one surprise I win card or finisher, uh, something that can win you the game. If there's like a board stall or whatever. Visionary. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so so looking at this actual deck, we're going to show all the cards uh, in each category. But I counted. 11 cards that ramp, plus two more cards that are lands that ramp, which is Myriad Landscape and Blighted Woodland, uh, 10 targeted removal, one graveyard hate, though we discussed it's not the most efficient graveyard hate, but it is graveyard hate, uh, three board wipes, and these were really fantastic board wipes, uh, nine card draw, one recursion, 
which I actually will now dock to zero recursion after we talked about the professor uh, not actually being able to recur anything in her deck. So zero recursion, <laughs> zero tutors, which is the norm for pre-constructed decks. They don't want you to go around searching your library for stuff you're not familiar with. And then there's at least two big finishers. Uh, Biomass Mutation um, is an uh, instant that lets you uh, basically change the power and toughness of your creatures to base power whatever X is, which is great with your fractal tokens because they're all base power zero zero and they're all their power and toughness is derided entirely from the counters. So whatever you pump into the biomass mutation, that's plus whatever plus X plus X for all your fractals. So you're getting maximum value out of it. And return of the wild speaker, which is not only just amazing uh, card draw, but it can double up as a sort of overrun effect where you know you attack with a bunch of stuff, you, your opponents don't block because they are expecting to survive, and then you're like, boom, return of the wide spiker. Actually, you're dead. Um, so yeah, uh, looking and at that, Kraken. yeah, or the Kraken, you go, you get Kraken with it. <laughs> so, so looking at uh, the the list, uh, my checklist to uh, what the actual ratios of this precon is, it actually looks really good. Uh, I think it, it it really nailed it here. Um, it would have been nice to see some recursion, I think. Uh, there's zero in the deck, which, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe maybe I missed something here, but I think I think it was only it was, it was zero on there. But the deck is is very focused on tokens, uh, has a good counter strategy, has a nice amount of removal and interaction. It's not so focused on doing its own thing that's just gonna fold if your opponents do whatever they want. Um, and it, it, it's, it has a good curve and it looks really well built. So job well done was of the coast. I want to say the card draw in this deck is insanely strong. I think, uh, some of the strongest we've seen, like we have a lot of, like, I draw a lot of card cards, like return of the wild speaker, Garrick primal hunter, which draw based on the power of your creatures. So if you have a Kraken out, you have a Terastodon out, you have a desolation yeah. twin out, that's 10 cards. Right, uh, you have the uh, commander's insight, the blue sun zenith type card. Uh, you have the owl that doesn't have a hand size, and you get cards every time you hit with a token. There are like many, many ways to just refill your entire hand with this deck. Which, uh, looking at old free concept, they didn't really have that. Right, they usually just have like one or two sources of card advantage, the card and engine. But this deck just has so many that you can just keep going right your, your game will never end because you're out of cards right you might run out of life first right but you won't run out of cards you can just draw so many cards or library i mean you might run out of library if you <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that's a, that's a very important point because um there's also some flexibility here like we have some card draw that also ramps like zimone's a really good example of that early on you want to be ramping but later on once you've ramped out all this mana you need you need something to refill your hand or dump all that mana to win the game. And Zimone not only ramps you, but then later on draws you cards incrementally when you have all that extra mana and nothing to do with it. Um, so I like the flexibility here. The giant X spells to draw tons of amount uh, of cards. Garuk's, uh yeah, uh, yeah. Just it's just a good variety here. It's just it's well done, well done, job well done. So. Yeah, that wraps it up, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And thank you so much to Wizards of the Coast for this free preview. We were honored to share with you this really sweet new Quandrix, a.k.a. Simic, a.k.a. Uggs uh, deck. Just Very Quandrix. Awesome. Just Quandrix. It's Quandrix. I'm Team Quandrix. Quandrix, yeah. Quandrix. <laughs> you have to call it Quandrix. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Quandrix. <laughs> 
It's Quandrix deck. It's great. Thank you so much. Hope this was relevance to you. And until next time, friends. See ya.